Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Welcome to the Voice of San Diego podcast in partnership with News Radio 600 Coco. I'm Scott Lewis, the CEO and editor in chief at Voice of San Diego. I'm joined as always by Andrew Keats, managing editor, of Voice of San Diego election night. What's up, buddy? Scott, how are you, pal? I'm great. Let's do this. Bringing that election night energy, huh? Fellow managing editor, the punch drunk, Andrea Lopez <laughs> Villafana. What's up, Lopez? What's up, Lewis? I want to just stipulate here. For anybody who's listening, <laughs> we are recording it at a very reasonable time right now. 11, it's like 11. Oh, yeah. 11, 10. For a, adult humans, this is a perfectly reasonable time to be awake. <laughs> Some and- people watch the news at this time, just every night. Yeah. like, like Psychopaths. Responsible. <laughs> anyway, about an hour and a half ago, Andrea crossed the Rubicon and... I don't know what we're going to get on this show right now, but uh, I just want everybody to know that we're not recording at like 3 a.m. or something obscene like that. Do you yeah. know where we're going to get? No. More fans. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's go. We are digesting the results of the first few batches of votes to be counted by the San Diego County Registrar of Voters and the California Secretary of State's coordination of all the different counts going on because there are some interesting races that stretch beyond San Diego that we are going to talk about. But we need to get through uh, the draft. We picked, we each picked two races to talk about. And Andy is insisting that I go in that order. And then we'll talk about some other things of interest before we hang up. Everybody good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first pick from last week's draft was Andrea Lopez Villafana. Oh, yeah. And you chose? Chula Vista Mayor's Race. Mm-hmm. How about that, huh? I know. You called it, though. I had it right. You call it from the very moment that you started covering the race. You're like, I just feel like more people know John McCann than these other candidates I've talked to about. Like You talk to people in the community, and you just got the sense that he was better known. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal in politics. Everybody I spoke to knew him as a council member and knew him as somebody who'd been around town for a while and they liked him or they didn't like him, but they knew him. Yeah. 
and every other candidate they didn't really know about. And they heard of Amar, but had heard that he had run somewhere else yeah. other than Chula Vista. That was like the ongoing Well, let's talk about it. So again, this is at 11 o'clock. Things shift. Let's just go ahead and give a, a broad disclaimer. The These are the votes that we're talking about right now is the count of the votes that were submitted until Monday, through Monday. Mm-hmm. Now, all the votes submitted on election day today and after, and well, on election day as of that time uh, are going to be counted over the next several days and even weeks. So sometimes you can mail your ballot in on like Monday as long as it's stamped and in the mail, they'll count it. And so that's why it takes this time for all that to get resolved. And you, we have seen big races shift in that time as they release results. So tomorrow they'll res- they'll release another batch probably in the evening mm-hmm. at five, and then they'll probably wait another day and then another day after that before they release others. So things can shift and it can take some time. As of now in the city of Chula Vista, John McCann is up 53.9% to Mr. Campanajar's 46.09%. So... That's eight points. That's not, that's eight percentage point. That's not usually in the margin that we talk about of things shifting, mm-hmm. but who knows what can come with uh, thousands of votes still to come in. Now, let me add, this is, uh, n- was not something I had initially picked up on, but this was not a good night for Republicans in San Diego County elections. Mm-hmm. There weren't many of them on the ballot in the first place. Um, but those that those who were didn't do great. Well, let's say, let's think. So, initial results have Jordan Marks ahead in the assessor, uh, it, uh, very tight, very tight, and, and if, that could it, flip. And if the now we don't necessarily know that the old rules of election day votes tending to be more democratic, and then the results going that direction will hold to be true. Uh, they may not, but that was that would would have been the standard expectation for the last yeah fifteen years or so. So yeah, so that can easily flip. Uh, Brian Mainshine though is having a little bit of trouble in his assembly race. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's ahead slightly. Mm-hmm. That's the seventy sixth assembly district. He's the Democrat, and Christy Bruce Lane is running against him, and uh, seems like she's doing okay. And then in the um, then there's the Senate district. This was the Pat Bates district. She was a Republican. She's termed out. And she that was a big prime pickup opportunity for Democrats. But the Republicans ran a, a, a Gunderson, a, a, a pretty good candidate, I thought. A lot of people were buzzing about it. But she seems to have won handily there. Or mm-hmm. she's doing well. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it wasn't great. But wasn't I think great. what you're saying is that South Bay. Well, so it's not just McCann. Yeah. So McCann uh, is one uh, has uh, appears to have won here, um, but in District Two, um, Steve Stenberg is ahead. Now he's ahead in the the thin margin that uh, Jose Preciado could certainly uh, overcome him. This is the City Council the, District Two of Chula Vista, right? Mm-hmm. It's represented by Joe Galvez. Yeah, and oh. that's and that's the. Uh, Western Chula Vista, Northwestern Chula Vista. Yeah. Um, And so I don't know. There's something, the the specific dynamics, the peculiar dynamics of Amar Kambanajar running in the 50th district and his residence becoming a central focus of that race 
certainly seems to be true. However, it also seems to be true that there's something interesting about Chula Vista that seems different than what we experienced in the city of San Diego. Uh, we had a correspondent, our intern Gabriel Schneider, went down to Chula Vista to talk to voters there, and he actually came across uh, a McCann voter. Mm-hmm. And I think what was interesting that he found too is there was a lot of talk about homelessness mm-hmm. and just sort of like wanting to like get control of things. It felt mm-hmm. like was the sense that he picked up. Yeah, and I think that's the messaging that john has had throughout his entire campaign like i remember back when we spoke he was like the city really needs to get back to like common sense and like we need to get out of these other discussions and we just need to do what residents want us to do like he was very focused on the small needs of residents as opposed to larger pictures of growth for the city Mm -hmm. um and i think that resonated with voters especially like people like like who gabe spoke with fascinating well, also of interest to this is its regional implications. So the mayor being a Republican, John McCann, with different priorities itself infl- impacts the city council and the priorities that the city council wants to take. However, if the Republicans are able to pull a majority together and they would have to flip another seat and Steve Padilla has left the city or will leave the city council to join the Senate. And so... That means that the flux or the control of, of the Chula Vista City Council could be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And that could have a serious impact on who they put to represent the city on the San Diego Association of Governments, the Regional Transportation Planning Board. And that would have a big impact on the priorities of transit, of all these things that we've been talking about for the last several years. Without question. I mean, yeah, the, those that's a weighted vote. So... Um Things are trending in a uh, different direction on Sandag, regardless. But this would uh, give, you know, if if they somehow find a way to get a Republican on the, the on that seat, that would give them more power than they've had any time recently. Wow. Next up, with the second pick, Measure B, in the city of San Diego. As we sit here right now, Measure B uh, is no on Measure B is leading at a. A tick above 50%, 50.62%, leaving yes at 49.38%. They are separated by 2,400 votes, give or take. Um, that has moved ever so slightly. Um, got my little, my trusty little chart, you know, that I do yeah, to check job. each update. Yeah. Uh, that has trended in the direction of no. Oh no! Gained update. no gained. Interesting in that in the first update there. So that was even tighter right away, huh? Yeah. Now it's a very very small. Yeah. So two thousand three hundred, what eight votes now, are what's there? Like that's 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 out of two hundred thousand almost cast. Yeah. I mean it's it's too narrow. Like. I can't help it. I probably shouldn't do this, but when I go through the results, the first thing I start doing is coming up with story ideas. How 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 are we going to cover these races? How are we going to describe these races? And realistically, Measure B, it's so thin here right now. Like you kind of just got to wait before yeah. you can start to tell any stories about what's going on. Yeah. Here. So let's just review what this was and why this is such a, a, a important discussion. 
Measure B would have allowed the city, would if people approve it, would allow the city to uh, study and implement a fee if it wants to for trash service collection. So I think this is important to explain, actually. Right now, state law gives cities the ability to raise fees for something. If they say like, gosh, we need to charge a fee for people entering City Hall because City Hall's falling apart, we're going to charge a fee. You can charge a fee to people if they benefit from whatever the fee pays for directly. But if everybody benefits from what the fee pays for, then you have to have a vote of the people because it's a tax. So that's what governs the discussion about whether a city can do a fee or not. However, in addition to that, the city has its own special law that says you can't charge a fee on this. trash collection. Yeah. If people can get their trash to a street that you maintain city, you have to pick it up. And so this would have allowed the city to uh, go through the fee process. And of course, they'd implement a fee and it would be like 20 or 30 bucks a month. Yeah. And that is a big change, and it would it would have a major impact on finances for the city into perpetuity, and it is just too close to call. Yeah, I mean, so no has a slight lead, so for whatever that's worth, I suppose you'd rather have a slight lead than be trailing ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, however, as we say earlier, and uh, sorry for if I'm going to repeat myself a lot, but the old rules that I grew up with in San Diego politics, the early results were as conservative as the results for that race were going to be. You could set your clock to the fact that it was going to move from the right to the left as more votes came in. Now, it might not move all the way to overcome, but that would be the direction you would expect it to go. There's two issues here. One, the, that's become more complicated over the last two years as Republicans have vilified mail voting. Yeah. Can we just pause for a second? Yeah. So like it, it used to be that more conservative, older people really liked mail voting. Uh, it's mail more convenient. They're, they've got their ish together. They, they're ready to just they, throw it in yeah, the mail. They yeah. would, the moment they got it, they would take care of it and their, their votes would be counted first. And then these, and the Republicans know, loved it. Mind yeah, you, like the Republican consultants would, brag they, to reporters all the time about how superior their get out the vote operation was than the democrats who ha still had these neanderthal yeah, tactics they, about waiting till election day <laughs> to drag people to the polls they it was innovated so labor what they call, what they yeah. call mail uh, ballot chasing like yeah. once your ballot got sent out they would hit you with mail right then mm -hmm. as opposed to waiting until election day and it was just it was just assumed like they loved it and they were good at it and the number then, of Republican consultants from this town that built careers on how much they were able to punch above their weight in registration yeah. because they were so good at chasing mail ballots. Yeah, and and then one year, a guy didn't do good in an election, and now we don't and like mail voting. He started voting. Like freewheeling an explanation about why, and now it's like, uh, I guess it's bad now. Sorry, so, I, I know this is my literally the basis of my career. but However, I do still think some of those old physics probably remain i think that and they so, probably do so yes. it seems like despite your chart yeah it seems like it should trend more to the left and that it could be really tight if not flip yes but we'll, now the, well the, the the other thing i was going to say here so that's that's all what we just said there that applies across everything we're going to talk about tonight. yeah exactly what's further complicating matters here is 
and this is true about the next one we're going to talk about as well, Measure C, it's it's a little, maybe, potentially, hard to read, like, what is the progressive direction of the change? Is, is it going to be clear to voters that... Yeah, it's kind of a vibe right now, yeah. That, that yes, is the, the, leftern, the leftmost direction that you would Lefter. expect them to that you would change, or is it not? Now... B, I think there's probably a better case to be made that like that. Yeah, that, it's a tax it's versus a, a and or no, it, no, and there was it's, sorry. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm just gonna give it. It's a fee. It's Some, late. It's Sean, eleven. Johnny oh Rivera just veered off the freeway. Right? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, buddy. No. And it it and it pits multifamily homes uh, homeowners yeah. against single family homeowners. So the the dynamics are there that that one probably we can bet on it having a a, a, a that direction. Mm-hmm. But this next one we're going to talk about, maybe less so. Is that the next one? Yeah. Measure C. Measure C. So just like Measure B, very, very close, except it's on the other side of the of the coin. Yes is currently ahead at 50.65%, just doing just a tick better than no is on Measure B. Uh, no on Measure C has 49.35, so it is a, uh, a little bit Those more. Those are alarmingly... Parallel, like yes, but just on the other side. Yeah, it's like I uh, opposite. Yeah, it's like yeah. the reverse. When I when I was looking up these results when they came in, I was just like, I, there's something there, but or is there? So who are the who <laughs> are the two thousand people that just that went the other flipped? side? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I know everybody's just saying maybe people did different things, but so okay, Measure C, thirty foot height limit for the Midway District. Let is me it, hop over to my chart to see the 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 direction here. Uh, measure C. Uh, let's see. Yes, gained a little bit of ground, a very so, little, a little bit, bit, a very little bit of ground. Yeah, because I think on this one, this is a messy one, like left, right, all that. Yes, but I think the left is the yes. I think I, that the more that the that the, the proponents of the, the of vibe C. is the left. Well, what's fascinating? It, <laughs> both the proponents of C definitely think that they have the progressive position. And the most outspoken opponents of C definitely think they have the most progressive position. Yeah. So I think it's like the vibe of like big city energy. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say it. Even though the mayor says it, we can't give into it. <laughs> Even to mock it. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I guess so, right? It's the big city ener- energy versus the sleepy uh Yes, I think that's surfer town, navy town. Energy. And that that Which and- is a legit thing that has this city city has always had is the geranium place. We just want to have a chill place. We don't want your we don't want Barcelona here. We want but, but San Diego. But to the extent that that's the the right framing and I think it probably is. And I think I, we said something along those lines last week. But like that means that the the opposites have happened here at BNC, because yeah, the like single family homeowners want to keep things the way they are. Position is no on B, no on C. Yeah, mm-hmm. and however, it's no it's, on B, yes on C. Yeah, yeah. here so it's still it, very it's a, tight. It leads to a convoluted message, I guess, muddled a muddled picture. It's still very tight. So ninety three thousand seven hundred votes. Too yes. close to call on that one as well. Yeah, ninety one thousand. I mean, I think again, if the if the rules apply and people can discern this, seems like this yes side, is then, strong. Then yes is probably going to. 
gather votes uh, over the next You got to feel better if you're yes. I would think that's true. San Diego City Council, District 6. So District 6, I guess we'll, we'll give you the results first so you can follow along. San Diego City Council, District 6, pitting Kent Lee versus Tommy Howe. Kent Lee uh, won overwhelmingly. He won by uh, more than 10 points, basically. 56.46% to 43.54%. Not a close race. How were, like, this is what we were saying before. It was like, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was Howe by 5 to 10 points or that it was Lee by 5 to 10 points. And, you know, Howe sent out an email today that was, so this is, this is let's just describe this district. It's Claremont. Bay Park, uh, Mira Mesa, Kearney Mesa. Kearney Mesa. It's a big and interesting, diverse region. This is the crucial Waukesha County of the yeah. city of San Diego. Yeah, it's a swing. Whenever people are like, where do you need, Where where's the, the swing district? Like, that's where you go for the district. vibe. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Now, Tommy Howe sent out an email today, and it was all about he wanted. He was no on trash tax that he called. No it. on trash tax. He said no on height limit, and he said, "But we gotta. We give, need more money. We need more money for cops." Yeah. And uh, what was the other thing? And one hundred and one Ash Street. So it was like this. It was this like, we need more money, and the only reason we don't have, we're not gonna charge people more money because that's not good. Mm-hmm. The only reason we don't have enough money is because of these crooks. Yeah. And we're gonna get rid of the crooks. And we're going to get rid of the crooks on the street. Yeah. And then we're going to keep San Diego the way it is and what we love about it. Yeah. So. Neighborhoods first. We, I think we said this last week as well. This was all in one email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott read it all. So many messages. Yeah. Oh, I, I really consume campaign messaging. I just I, bathe in it. <laughs> it's 11. It's getting weird. <laughs> uh, so this race last week we we mentioned that it ended up really coming together in to be very reminiscent of Todd Gloria and Barbara Bree for mayor two years ago. Um and that was basically Todd Gloria running for mayor had the support of the Labor Council. He had the support of the Democratic Party. He had the support of the Chamber of Commerce. He was facing another Democrat and then that other Democrat who didn't have the support of any of the three largest, most organized groups of, uh, you know, political power in this region needed to look for some other way to cobble together enough votes to win and did so by mashing together lefty messaging and conservative messaging that maybe didn't make a lot of sense, but then tried to sort of reverse engineer an explanation for why the logic was there for them and just like last th- this race also like last year it started to feel like maybe that would be an effective strategy because like the person who it turns out doesn't have the advantage doesn't have the fundamentals is going to be the person that you hear from more yeah they're going to be the person who's on social media more they're going to be the person who's saying more provocative stuff to get more attention and the way our lizard brains work is that's oh that must be rep- that must be resonating yeah it, but it really is just you're just it's just gonna you're just hearing more noise while the other side 
is confidently reaching out to the organized groups of people that they already have in their coalition yeah, and but also- silently collecting votes. And that's what Todd did. And that's what Kent Lee has done here. And they both got like 56% and change of the vote. Like that's it. Like literally the percentages of this race worked out pretty much the same. Do yeah. you think there's something different? Because you described like Todd and Barbara. Yeah. But yeah. when we were talking about David Alvarez and Georgette Gomez, you think that was different? <sighs> well, so for one, David got a lot of support from business coalition that ended up being more of like a especially as it was discussed at the state level was like essentially like a chamber of commerce business friendly democrat Mm -hmm. moderate democrat versus labor aligned progressive democrat yeah and Uh, i think we're like this one didn't have that dynamic because like even the business groups were with with kent or todd Todd, you know it was it was much more like both barbara and tommy were trying to build a new coalition of some group of anti-establishment forces basically Mm -hmm. so uh but it was not even close kent wins uh the one the issues that was talked about a lot in this race was whether this district that was built to be an an asian empowerment district who was just represent which was just represented by uh, an asian american and chris kate who's termed out would be represented by an Asian American again. Tommy Howe was white. Kent Lee was not. We got an answer to that question. Um, and that also seems like another fundamental that probably ended up mattering to yeah, some extent. Like, you uh, know? I guess I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm using a lot of words to say that in the end, <laughs> this one, the outcome here makes a lot of sense. Okay. National City Mayor. We have Ron Morrison, Jose Rodriguez, and Alejandra Sotelo Solis. And she's at the bottom. Yeah, so this was as perfectly set up as possible for Democrats to mm-hmm. own goal themselves and then let a Republican take over that seat again. So they, Alejandra Sotelis was the incumbent. They She lost the support of the labor unions and the Democratic Party. They mm-hmm. all threw in with Jose Rodriguez. And they just ended up beating up on each other for the next six months to, you know, six months to three months. And they ended up doing that well enough Mm -hmm. that the Republican, who was well known and been elected many times, and in a lot of the same dynamics that John McCann had in in Chula Vista, he's been around and done this sort of campaigning for years. He's looks like he's in the commanding seat to win that marriage race. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's not the outcome I think that they wanted, but maybe that's what they were trying to do is fight and <laughs> let let him take over because they were scared of him running it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, but I think kind of like what you said, similar to with John McCann, that was even the feedback from Gabe also went out to National City and he spoke to someone who was like, I don't know, like Ron to me is just like community and he's like, approachable he's someone that you see here in the neighborhood and anytime i've spent national city that's often something that people say about ron even people that i wouldn't think would support ron and would support alejandra 
Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for like doing the work in the community as like a member of the community involved in different organizations and all that. Like they see you, you're part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what Amar Kampanajar suffered from most, not just his technical residency status that they focus so much on, Mm -hmm. but was he a part of the community and a part of its discussions before? And that's a much easier case to, to make that he wasn't. And I don't know why it got messed up that way. But I think in this case, Ron Morrison's been present intensely if anything that's all he does is be present in all these in all these moments and it seems to have worked now again only because the other side couldn't figure it out and that's that's their prerogative they don't have to always be on the same page but you know functional parties and coalitions figure those things out yeah so ron morrison is not a member of either democratic or republican parties oh yeah he left that's right Mm -hmm. Um, But he's certainly to the right of both Alejandra or Jose. And so I think certainly both Chula Vista and National City now would be correctly described as being represented by conservative white men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Yes. (laughs) All right. All right. This was the assessor recorder clerk, Jordan Marks, the... Republican. He's also, he's not the incumbent, but he's the chief deputy of the office as it is. And he's, um, as we've talked about, uh, just money vacuum. He can raise money as well as any politician in this town and has done really well with that. And uh, Barbara Bree, the Democrat, a former city councilwoman, is running. Now, she is about four points behind. I guess it would be a little less than that. Um, but it's very tight. We're talking about a difference about 14,000 votes over more than 430,000 votes counted so far. So I don't know how many more we're going to be able to get in that race or how much it shifts. But this would seem like a classic test of the does it go more Democratic or not? But do they even know she's a Democrat yeah, that, at that, that point? That's the question here. It's not on the ballot, and she didn't run like that much of a campaign. There wasn't a tremendous amount of, of voter identification as her as a Democrat. Nobody walked and like said, this is the slate. It felt like she was just kind of, she she did some things. He raised a ton of money and spent, sent a lot out, including mailers that said, the Democrats support me. Did you see that? I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, he sent out a mailer that said... Uh, Democrats support Jordan Marks and it showed like Fiona Ma saying like something mildly nice about him. Okay. And it was like, okay. Like, so some my neighbor, Democrats. Carl, he's a Democrat. <laughs> and then another neighbor who's another Democrat and yeah. that's multiple. So there's Democrats. And, and Fiona Ma. So the Democrats support <laughs> and yeah. Fiona Ma. I don't the, even. It says the Democrats I, I, and then you this, look and there's like. SE is very small. It actually this says is, these Democrats. If support. I was a good reporter, I would call Fiona Ma and ask if she supported him. Yeah. Because it looked like from the mailer that she did, but I, I feel like that'd be kind of a, a, a stretch. Yeah. So um, I would like to check that. It's, it's a knowable fact. So, uh, <laughs> right. But that's, that's what I'm talking about. So like, does, does it break for Barbara Bree because it follows that traditional sort of more progressive lean after the votes get, you know, tabulated over time or does anybody know? And it just kind of stays with the same trend. So he's looking good. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess the short answer is too close to call. Um, I mean, the, the other complicating factor is we don't know how many votes are out there. Right. 
So it's not even like w- once we know that we can start to. Yeah, they'll put that up soon. They'll they'll put that <laughs> up at some point today or tomorrow, probably the end of the day. And at that point, it starts to become clear whether uh, a gap is closable or not based on how much progress they'd made to that point. Um, but that said, like the, the, the Barbara Bree question here that's also interesting is like, can Democrats win these countywide races? Now, we got a bit, a bit of an answer to that question already with Kellyanne Martinez, the uh, uh, sheriff candidate that won against John Hemmerling. And that was not a close race, not at all. She took 58% of the vote to John Hemmerling's 42% of the vote as we record. Um, so like, that's the first Democrat who won a countywide race since you or I reported on politics in this town. Um, if Barbara Bree climbs over this margin and wins as well, and the two contested countywide races with Democrats and Republicans that actually had money and ran real campaigns both go to Democrats, you're beginning to ask some serious questions about what it like what it's le- what's left of being a Republican in this county. Now, on the flip side of that, you've got John McCain who just became the mayor of Chula Vista, and so you can always yeah. find a way to win races. And um, I'm also like vibes, man. Yeah. Like Kelly Martinez did not come off as a Democrat. Like right. and and John Hammerling kind of worked did. really hard. He got the support of the Democrat who lost the primary. But not the Democratic Party. N- no, but it was he was trying to tap into those vibes. He was walking around with uh Shane Harris, uh, yeah. you know, who's always prominent at any kind of civil rights uh controversy. He was like talking about um confiscating guns from people we can't trust he he was doing so many things to appeal to that and he was aligning himself with so many prominent uh liberals and social justice activists that it just felt like something was you know he was trying to tap into that vibe and she was very much in the tradition of like conservative kind of leader of an establishment like institution and and yet yeah she did have the support of the democrats and Maybe it's it's hard to see the physics of that race is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, while we're here, Paul McNamara is now losing his bid for re-election in the city of Escondido. Uh, as mayor, he had a small lead earlier tonight. Yeah. Uh, that has now been passed by Dane White. Um, so looks, you know, just based on that very rudimentary trend that he was ahead and now he's behind. Uh, if that were to continue, he would. That would be a, dem- a seat on that the Democrats lost there. It's uh, three big cities, then. Yes, that would be that's three <clears throat> big cities. So, you know, maybe maybe your your brake pumping on me earlier today was appropriate. That uh, Republicans have some things to celebrate tonight. Well, one thing though they can't be too excited about was. Another big race that we all followed uh, as it got a little bit more interesting towards the end, at least the Democrats sent up an alarm about it, which was the congressional race for the 49th congressional district uh, covers uh, part of both Orange County and San Diego's North County. And as of now, the race is not that close. Now, again, these are early things that can shift, but it's at 57 to 44. Uh, well, it's about 56.5 to 43.5. That's 
13 points. Yeah. That's he's he's good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look good. And that was everybody was looking at that like, oh, this could this could be a wave election for for Republicans and this would um buoy It fell into my like I have to say, like my expectations, I'll I'll own it. My expectations were were really thwarted here tonight because I try very hard to like not listen to what people are telling you to like watch what they're doing. Yeah, and the president coming out to the 49th congressional district to stump for Mike Levin was a uh, uh, as clear a what are they actually doing, not what are they saying indication that they were worried. Now, yeah. Maybe their polling was wrong too, or maybe they just recognized that, uh, you know, if they if they held serve, they'd be okay. Or I, I don't know. There could be a lot of strategic well, I, explanations for it, but it wasn't crazy to think that this seat was in danger when the president of the United States had his like closing argument here. Yeah, and the <laughs> you know. or maybe he just wanted to come to San Diego. Yeah, he's yeah. just like great town, love it. <laughs> no, that was fascinating. Can I talk about another one too? I'd love it if you did. Prop 30, that was the tax on income above $2 million, and it was going to be used for rebates to electric vehicles and to charging stations and for firefighters, just throw them into. Mm-hmm. And it was funded entirely almost by Lyft, the company that needs to convert to all electrical vehicles and wanted to see that happen. And it was opposed by Governor Gavin Newsom, and he cut some ads against it and um, I think he was trying to argue like, look, we already have a high tax. We've already budgeted for these priorities. Uh, we already have a high tax on high earners. This isn't the time to to raise taxes on that. So, and that just got, it just got crushed. Yeah. I was surprised that 57 think, to 43. Yeah. I think voters really dislike any ballot measure that seems to be sole funded by a single source. Yeah. I think there's something, they, they must have a real... I, maybe a true bullshit meter where they're looking at this like, no, there's something wrong with what you're trying to do. You're trying to do this dialysis, dialysis clinic for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to, you're saying this, this gambling initiatives for homelessness. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? And it, maybe that's the basic like bullshit meter that they just can't it, handle. It's hard for me to think of it to another explanation because like, I'm sorry, I just don't f- think that California voters like, in their gut oppose gambling no 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 no. or in their gut oppose taxing billionaires for electric vehicles i think the media in california voters likes gambling and likes taxing rich people for electric vehicles and so for them to so decisively weigh in against these i think they like sniff that stuff out yeah i think they sniff out these these sorts of especially if they have help from funded opposition that tells that, that story matters, that, right yeah, yeah yeah i mean you had rich people who clearly calculated that this would cost them more than putting a few hundred thousand or million dollars into yeah the campaign against it and and they were able to make some salient points and the governor's opposition probably was devastating mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right anything else you guys notice want to go over before uh jen campbell won huge to it was not that was not a close race. Well, I mean, not that huge. It's fifty six forty four. It's big. I mean, which is how I just described Kent Lee winning. Yeah, which was basically the same margin. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Here's the question. So the they they were 
patting themselves on the back that they got the opposition to be Linda Lukacs in this race. Mm-hmm. They have her as the Republican against Jen Campbell. They manufactured that by attacking the Democrat, Lori Saldana, that was really fighting in that race. Yeah. And, you know, they, that seems to have worked. Now, does Lori Saldana follow a Kent Lee thing and just kind of get, um, or does she get a lot closer, do you think? Oh, I think she would have been closer. So. If not, clearly won, right? I mean, I, I, it's hard to say clearly. Yeah. So who, who knows how that campaign goes? I mean, at the very least, I don't think, if, if Lori Saldana gets through, I don't think you get Jen Campbell just ignoring the existence of a race yeah. for an entire six months, just like opting out, like, nah, I'm good. No, the audacity. I'll see y'all on election night with my victory speech. That I, I didn't get around to writing this. I'll try to pull this together. But the audacity of Jen Campbell is amazing. Like the, the UT opposes Jen Campbell. And in the entire article of the UT, it says that they supported everything they, she's done. They loved everything she did. But she's terrible at being responsive and representative of her district. And she didn't come in and talk to us. Mm-hmm. And so we're opposing her. But she being of, well, I think we did go over this, the being representative of her district, she could not do the things that they want liked her <laughs> mm-hmm. about doing, you know, it's just like, it's like, okay, I, a fascinating thing there, but I don't know. I don't know what she does now with it. Does she continue to do like big, weird, like comprehensive she's, policies? She's termed out now. She's yeah. One nice. re-election and termed out. Fascinating. Uh, just, Rounding out some stuff, Measure U, the San Diego Unified School Board, uh, passed another bond. Anytime they put a bond on the measure, voters approve it. They did again here. It's, as we sit here, at 62.54%. That's a pretty healthy seven-point margin that could be eaten away at, and it's still come out ahead. Um, We had been following the uh, San Diego Unified School Board contest for the District C seat. That's the coastal district seat. C is for coast uh, between <laughs> the labor. Uh, the, That'll actually help me. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, that was pretty good. The teachers unions uh, supported candidate Cody Pedersen versus the Republican supported candidate Becca Williams. And we had sort of, uh, you know, sort of some vibes measurement had suggested that that was maybe a close race. And the uh, poll... Well, Cody said it himself right, recently right. in a story that Jacob wrote about all the money that she raised and yeah. how he had a hard time convincing people that it was a real race. Yeah. yeah. And uh, those people who he was trying to convince uh, had it right. It was not a close race. <laughs> uh, he won by about nine points, 54.4 to 45.6. Okay, well, this could be completely all wrong in the morning. So enjoy... And that was the special podcast, Election Night 2022. We'll catch up with you in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the Voice of San Diego podcast, the most popular public affairs podcast in San Diego. Keep up with our election coverage and all of our reporting with The Morning Report, our most popular product. Get it at vosd.org slash newsletters. Scott Lewis is our CEO and editor-in-chief at Voice of San Diego. Andrew Keats is managing editor. Andrea Lopez Villafania is also managing editor. I'm Nate John, producer for the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.